So this weekend kicked off uh, Mobile World Congress 2018 in Barcelona. The uh, headlining sealer definitely was the Galaxy S9, and the coolest feature, in my opinion, definitely is the dual aperture camera, um, which should make for some amazing low-light photography uh, results. It'll be interesting to see sort of the uh, reviews come in and review uh, photos that they capture. Um, the one misstep I think Samsung made is in continuing to keep uh, more than four gigs of RAM for the most expensive phones that they offer. And so you can get six gigs of RAM on the Note 8 and the S9 Plus, but the S9, the regular version, six with four gigs of RAM. Um, those of us who like smaller screens can also like large amounts of RAM. Um, and we see when uh, people do speed tests uh, that focus on um, loading a bunch of apps and then going back and opening those apps up, um, we see that six or eight gigs of RAM makes a really big difference in Android and helps those devices compete with iPhones. Um, <coughs> and the OnePlus 5 with eight gigs even actually starts to beat the iPhone. Um, so it'd be great to see uh, not just manufacturers like OnePlus or Vivo come out with, you know, eight gigs, uh, but Samsung as well. They could, especially with their buying power, it would add, you know, pennies to the per unit cost, um, improve the overall user experience and satisfy uh, enthusiasts and spec junkies like myself. Um and with the Snapdragon 845 and these large batteries, um, the battery hit would really be minuscule. And so hopefully this is the last year we start to see uh, Samsung flagships with uh, the same sort of RAM that you would get, honestly, in something like a Motorola G5 Plus um, or other mid-range handsets that cost less than half as much but have as much RAM. Um, sort of the one sort of overlooked thing that I think still happens even in the flagship uh, space. Um, but other than that, uh, they do have 960 frames per second slow-mo video recording, which is uh, great, but it only will do that at up to 720p, um, which is uh, below... Um, what you would be quartering, recording, recording normal footage at, which would probably be 1080p. Yes, it'll record 4K, um, but most people will do 1080p to save on storage space. Um, and because even though it's 2018, uh, a lot of us still do playback mainly on 1080p. Um, so that's interesting. Also, Sony with the XZ2 and XZ2 Compact. Uh, interesting, they finally changed their design language. We don't have uh, rectangular blocks and massive bezels. They've started curving things, so they've got like a curved back. Um, they've gone to the 18 by 9 ratio screens. They've shrunk bezels. They're not nearly non-existent, but they are minimized. Um, so it should fit a little bit easier in hand. Uh, they, of course, have the... Snapdragon 845, see my earlier rant about 4 gigs of RAM, but that's how it comes with both the 
uh, full-sized and the compact XC2. Um, but they have a bunch of cool things like uh, 4K HDR recording. Their slow-mo is 960 frames per second, but they can do it at 1080p. Um, they do a bunch of cool things like 3D uh, video so that you can even 3D print stuff from videos that you take, which is awesome. Um, a bunch of cool things like that. Uh, they'll even up-convert um, standard definition video to HD on the screen. Um, so if you like media consumption, like video playback or taking photos and videos, um, I think the Sony XZ2 probably is um, just a little step ahead of the S9, maybe even up there or right with the Pixel as far as um, multimedia enjoyment. So that's cool for Sony, although considering their market share, most people probably won't buy that phone anyway. Uh, Nokia came out with three new phones, one that had kind of been announced in ch for China, um, but finally um, is seeing the rest of the world with different software. Um, so Nokia announced that they're going to do all Android One phones from here on out, which is great. It is um, it, Google's program that basically gives third-party phones stock Google almost the full pixel treatment. Um, you get really quick software updates um, that are guaranteed for, uh, I think it's two years for version updates and three years for security updates. Uh, it's the software updates are the number one thing when somebody asks me about a phone recommendation. Um, I base it almost completely off software record. Uh, and so, uh, companies like OnePlus, uh, Sony, even sometimes Motorola for their flagships. Uh, those companies all have a pretty good track record. Um, not only just in speed of updates, but in the number of phones that get updates. And so when you see somebody like Sony announce their Oreo list, it'll be a pretty wide list from flagships to mid-rangers, even some lower end phones. Um, a lot of companies like maybe even Samsung or LG, once you move down from a flagship device to a, even a mid-range device, you're maybe not getting updates or you're getting them a year after the fact. Um, there were some phones, uh, I think there was a Motorola phone that was just now getting Marshmallow <laughs> or Nougat. Um, and so the fact that Nokia is going to have Android One is great. Um, especially their Nokia 6 model, um, which is sort of in like the $300 range, well put together, a decent Snapdragon 630 processor, um, pretty good cameras, a 5.5 inch 1080p screen. Um, those are sort of easy to recommend uh, phones, and I'm glad to see Nokia doing the Android One. Uh, we also saw the first Android Go phones come out, and those are going to be uh, super cheap, $80 or $90 phones that uh, will run a lightweight version of Android and have like lightweight YouTube and Google Maps uh, and Gmail applications that are specially set up to use less RAM, take up less data, um, and they're also just cheap phones. So if you've I don't know, smashed a phone and you need to get by until your next 
payday or your, your next upgrade cycle. Um, these are $80, $90 phones that you can grab. They're not going to be fast, but they'll sort of get the basic job done. Um, and the last uh, sort of tech news was OnePlus sort of making a mistake again. Um, they, of course, had issues with their credit card processor recently. And it came out that the OnePlus 5T can't play HD Netflix. Um, and it's a problem with the software. They didn't have the right uh, DRM software or they just weren't ready when they shipped it. Um, but basically you could play back 480p footage and that was it. And as anybody who has looked at video footage, 480p video on a 1080p screen looks pretty bad. Um, so they've got a fix, but the fix is not very good. You have to mail in your phone um, if you're in certain geographical areas only. Uh, so if you sort of bought a OnePlus 5T through the gray market and you live in an unsupported country, you're out of luck. Um, but you mail in your phone. Um, within five days, they'll return it to you. It's unclear to me how they're fixing it. My guess would be that the only real way they could do this is by reflashing the phone, uh, in which case you'll lose a lot of stuff. Um, there's, you know, some stuff that gets backed up to Google. You could back up your text messages with something like Carbonite. Um, but you're probably still setting the phone up, um, either from a backup or from scratch. Uh, I don't know how else they'd get those DRM keys, um, and it's the same sort of problem that uh, people who flash their flash ROMs on their phones are used to. Um, once you uh, unlock the bootloader and flash a new ROM, you lose things like Android Pay or Google Pay now um, because it has to be done with a computer from the manufacturer that has those uh, DRM keys. Um, so... An imperfect fix from OnePlus, and I think, um, you know, one friend that I recommended the 5T to said, it's a great phone, but it'll be my last with this company. And I don't blame him. I think uh, OnePlus puts out good hardware, even do good software, um, but they still kind of show signs of a company that sort of... Um, hasn't matured as an organization enough uh, based on as long as they've been in business. This is really stuff that I would have expected back with the, you know, original OnePlus, um, or maybe even like in the three, but the 5T, they're, they're supposed to sort of be a respectable company with, you know, great hardware and software, and they seem to have just dropped the ball. Um, so what's up next? We've got a uh, bunch of Extra cool stuff coming. Uh, LG has uh, also put out a V30. I can't remember the full name. It's a special edition version of the V30 that uh, has a focus on AI. It also comes with uh, 6 gigs of RAM and either 128 or 256 gigs of storage. 
Um, but otherwise, it's pretty close to the V30. And I think the regular V30 is getting all of the software. Um, I noticed that Samsung showed off the S9 and showed off Bixby Translate, um, which looked like it worked kind of like the Huawei uh, translator, just not as fast. Um, and then the one thing I didn't mention on the S9 was the AR emojis, which just look weird. Uh, it's supposed to be their copy of, or their competitor to uh, iOS and emojis. But the emojis are pretty cool because they use, you know, anthrop anthropomorphic uh, characters. Whereas the AR emojis are kind of like bitmojis come to life. But the results just kind of looked weird, even for the demo that they used. It didn't seem especially lifelike. Um, and I'm not sure that's going to be the killer feature that Samsung was hoping. Um, but yeah, so LG, the V30, I'm just going to call it the AI phone, is coming out. Uh, they should have their new uh, successor to the G6 sometime in the next couple of months. Um, Motorola has their G6 series coming. Uh, new flagship from them probably later in summer. And then um, there may also be some stuff uh, coming from Huawei uh, early part of summer. So lots of cool stuff. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed Mobile World Congress so far. Um, yeah, as ever, leave a comment. And thank you very much.